If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Real Estate Podcast, the intersection between the latest trends in real estate and its impact on our everyday lives. We're your hosts, Alex Norman. And Jamie Blonde, and you've come to the right location. The real estate starts now. In today's episode, Quiet Living, we explore the intersection between real estate and the effects noise issues have on the quality of apartment living. And with that, Alex, please take us out. New Yorkers often complain about the noises that torment them during the day and keep them up at night. They're the usual suspects, barking dogs, crying babies, outdoor diners, jackhammers and sirens. And also don't forget the neighbors and the crying Uh, adults, (laughs) but even um, seemingly pleasant sounds like wind chimes or children playing or opera singers, you know, can induce rage uh, given the right circumstances. You know, most residents across the country have the right to what is known as quiet enjoyment written into their leases or their bylaws in their buildings. But most people have no idea what that means. Hopefully we can explore on the show today some of the most frequently asked questions and perhaps some potential solutions that people can take uh, home with them. Well, listen, noise is such a big issue for everybody, right? Uh, You want noise when you want your team to score a touchdown, but you don't want noise when you're trying to get to sleep. Um, At my apartment here in Miami, I love my apartment. I love the building. I love the people. I love the location. It's perfect in every way, except it is noisy. I overlooked the uh, MacArthur Causeway that leads people from Miami to Miami Beach. And uh, that can get noisy at two in the morning on a holiday weekend. The Ferrari on the, at the street light is revving up to take off and the light turns green. And I can hear that. And so I can appreciate noise is an issue. Yeah, well, you know, people want quiet and peaceful enjoyment for various different reasons. I mean, you could want it to be quiet because you want to sleep. You could want it because you want quiet because you want to study or you want to work uh, or you just want to live in a quiet place. And I think that people have a tendency to expect quiet in their homes. But in fact, you know, that's far from the truth, especially if you live in the big city, right? You could live in Miami and perhaps live in a high rise apartment building and not have the same noise experience as someone who lives in Montana <laughs> in a house or perhaps even in Manhattan in New York City in a, in a, in a brownstone in Brooklyn or something. So the, depending on where you live, noise is or not an issue, right? Yeah, look, uh, I don't know about you, but I've lived my whole life in the city. And when I go visit friends in the country or in the Hamptons or in the mountains and you go, you get into bed at night and they're in a home and it's pitch 
it's pitch quiet and it's it's a little eerie it's almost like not having that background hum that comfort knowing you're surrounded by other people somehow it, it's it's a little off-putting um and then you get used to it and you get ready to fall asleep and then the crickets kick in so <laughs> there's noise everywhere <laughs> yeah it's funny you mention that right because like people have a tendency to associate quiet or pure quietness with awkwardness or danger, right? If something is too quiet, then you kind of get concerned, right? Because you're like, you know, you see these movies and we're like, man, it's it's quiet, but it's almost too quiet. What's wrong? And then, you know, clearly there's something, there's something happening uh, down the street or a monster's going to come and eat you or something along those lines. But the reality is having noise in some ways makes people feel more comfortable, Right. I mean, there's a movie, The Quiet Place. Uh, it's a creepy movie, right? Because you had to be quiet all the time, and the 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 monsters were attracted to noise. I think it's quite interesting because, of course, we all want perfect quiet, but yet at the same time, be careful what you wish for, right? I mean, will we be as happy if we got it than if we if we didn't? Well, people who know me know that if I had to be quiet all the time, I'd probably commit suicide. <laughs> <laughs> That's not my natural state. <laughs> right. I mean, look, it's, it, you know, this ambient noise. I've read the city, for example, New York City has a kind of a rhythmic noise to it. Right. There's there's the streets, there's the lights, there's the buses, there's the sirens, there is the um, the wind blowing. I mean, there's a lot of things in New York City that you you, you kind of turn off you desensitize to as long as you live there. But when you leave like myself and you come back to the city, all of a sudden, like, wow, the, these noises you, you never heard before become a nuisance and become unbearable. And then you just really can't, you can't live. So I think that to a certain extent, what is acceptable form of noise and what isn't, I think is a big question. Right. And of course, we're, we're discussing day to day noise. We're not discussing if they're putting an apartment building next to you for years. So you have all that construction noise, which is also something that you have to put up with when you live in a city, especially a growing city. And if you're in an area that is growing, like, for example, I'm going to have a building going up. It's going up now right across from me. So there is some occasional noise I can hear depending on what they're doing at the construction site. But I will say that the human body is an amazingly adaptable mechanism. In the end, you can get used to almost anything. Right. Me here in my apartment, I've gotten used to the noise and I can sleep. When I was in college in Montreal, I was living with my dad, my brother, my sister, and we had to move into a temporary rented home. And it was right across the street from the train tracks. And just like in the Blues Brothers movie, when Bellucci asks Aykroyd how often the trains go by, and he says, so often you won't even notice while the trains are zipping by as he's talking constantly. It was kind of like that, right? You know, here comes the 806. But the truth is, after about three weeks, I didn't even notice that the trains. And to your point about sirens, when people would come visit me in New York City, they would comment, how can you sleep at night? There's so many sirens. To which point I would answer, I, I never even realized there were any sirens at night. That's So I think you can, you can learn to live in any environment. Your body is adaptable. You learn to. But we shouldn't have to, right? So the question right. is, what do you do when, when you're stuck with this kind of a noise situation? Yeah, right. So I mean, at some point in time, you know, you, there's a point we say, you know, no mas, right? You just can't deal with it anymore. And really, adaptation isn't really a solution, though, is it, right? It's like, ah, you know, you'll get used to it, walk it off, you know, sleep it off, whatever is not really is not really a, a solve. But you, you make a good point, right? Because, you know, ultimately, what someone's threshold of noise is one of somebody else's torment, right? And I think that 
it's so personal, our relationship with noise. And how do we solve for something when we so subjective? And like how do we solve for something that we don't really know what the solution looks like and for who? It's so customizable, it's so personal and all that. So I wonder where we go from here. And let's we can talk about it, right? Because I know that in New York City alone, depending on what kind of a building you live in, uh, high rise or not, you're in the second floor or the 35th floor, you're going to have different experiences, but yet you, you, you're going to have a place to complain. Right? Everyone in New York City uh, complains about everything, right? And, but you know, we're going to complain about noise. 311. 311. And I think my latest uh, records show that since 2010, since 311 was actually created, there had been 5.2 million noise complaints logged into that system in New York City. I mean, by I seven people, by the seven, <laughs> seven people. <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> and and I, I think, you know, between you and me, we've both had our issues. I'm, I'm pretty much a, uh, a noise creator. I, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you that. I'm sure that you're probably a, a thin skinned uh, tenant, right? So you probably get, have issues more than I do of other people's noise, but I've been in lawsuits. Uh, regarding noise that didn't really end well and ended up having to leave. And so I think uh, the noise issues are very, very personal to me and how I had to solve it and how I continue to solve for it uh, get tricky. Listen, if the fact that you had to leave is uh, that's a very stressful scenario. So obviously that's uh, that's not the that's not good. Let's take uh, let's take noise from a neighbor as an example, right? Um, you know, good neighbor, bad neighbor. Um, I've been lucky in my life. I've never had the nightmare neighbor that some people have had that either has a dog that won't stop barking or a baby that's got problems, a colic, whatever night, or just somebody throwing parties all the time or fighting all the time or kids screaming. I've never really had that problem. I've been lucky, right? Because people want to avoid confrontation. I think that's our natural stance is not to get confrontational. You know, we're pack animals. We like being part of a group. We want to be part of a community, whether it's your building or your floor. And the last thing you want is to be in a row with your neighbor, either across the hall or across the lawn, because that never ends well, right? It starts with, why did you trim that branch on the tree? And next thing you know, the guys are in court for hundreds of thousands of dollars, mostly going to the lawyers. So I, I think on the neighbor issue, I, I've, I've been pretty lucky, but, but you know, that can be an issue. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, was, I was actually that neighbor. <laughs> I was <the laughs> you guy. were the problem neighbor. I, I was the problem neighbor, and I, you know, I was a little bit younger, and I had just six bought, months ago. <laughs> six, I just bought my place, so I had owned my apartment, and I was like, "It's my place. I can do whatever I want in it." Uh, you know, I could walk in my apartment uh, with my shoes on. I can play my music at at any time that I want. I can play my video games at the Call of Duty uh, at any time of the of the day and or night that I want. And I can throw parties uh, because I would I'm a social guy and I can have people over. And all of those things to me that were like I don't know living <laughs> were issues for other people in the building. And that disconnect I think was overlooked for me because I, I just didn't really understand why people couldn't let me live. Well, now I know you having to leave makes more sense now. <laughs> right. Because I was like, well, you know, like if I want to live, I want to, I can't live here. I mean, I could live here in the sense that I could sleep here. I could eat here. I could, you know, uh, take a shower. You can't here. live. You can't but live. I can't live with a capital I, right? And I think that, um, you know, when it comes down to 
to, to noise, the sound that we make is living, right? I mean, like the, you know, the showers, the coughing, the snoring, whatever, like that's life. And to know that, that, that those things that, that you live with, other people can't, it is very personal and, and forces you to leave, obviously, and a disgust. Because you know, when you have to pick up you know, your bags and, and actually move that, you've come to a breaking point, if you will. And so there, that isn't really a good feeling. Um, and then you or, you, or you decide that you want to fight it, right? And, and they always say litigation is the sport of kings because you have to have a huge war chest of money to fight your building and or board um, in, in court around you, you wanting to stay, which of course um, you always lose, right? It's, it's like- you Wait, never so lose. leaving and lighting the building on fire, that's not a third option? <laughs> that's, I guess that's frowned upon. You know, I had an issue with uh, the kids of my a new downstairs neighbor here in Miami, um, and they would be they were out on the balcony till f- five six in the morning making a lot of noise. I had to call down to the building twice. They finally went into the apartment, um, and I thought, okay, now we're gonna I'm gonna have an issue with this new neighbor. It's the last thing I want. But the building spoke to the neighbor, and he was so contrite, and he was so respectful, and he was embarrassed, and he spoke to his kids. And when I met him, he he wanted to know if I was the guy, and I was a little nervous about saying, yeah, I'm the guy complaining about you. But I was honest, and I did, and I explained why. And he couldn't have been more understanding. He couldn't have been nicer. He couldn't have been more empathetic. He couldn't have been more of a pro. And since then, we haven't had any issues and we become friends and that's the home run scenario right that and good luck with that happening on a regular basis but i treated him with respect and like an adult and he responded in kind and i think that's that's the key is to try to find that middle ground um because i think and i think to, to your point about being able to do this and that i think there's times when you should be able to do things and there are times when it's probably more respectful that you're not making those kind of noises you know at 10 p.m in the apartment kind of thing you know well, i mean like, like you said you get used to it right what if he told you hey jamie uh you know you'll get used to it um suck it up you probably wouldn't be too excited about that but you know i think there's also bias that comes in too right when you you see a new tenant or someone's applying uh, to live in the building or, or applying to buy an apartment in the building. And you look at, and you as a board are looking at this individual, you're kind of looking at them thinking, well, is this person going to be a problem? Uh, is this person going to be too noisy or not? Is this, is someone who's moving in with like a drum kit (laughs) that comes out of the U-Haul? Like that's going to be a problem, right? So with with speakers, <laughs> big speakers. <laughs> so you know, it, it gets into this thing where you know, you know, there's ageism that comes into play, right? Because if you're if you're in an older building, you'd think that okay, well, they probably want more quiet than a younger a younger building or younger tenants in the building that um, perhaps are more party oriented. So you 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 get this natural predisposition towards your neighbors based on how you think that they will they will live right how what sounds that will come out of their units uh during the life of their uh their tenancy that's a great point the whole idea about you know age differences cultural differences is a huge point um i always wondered if i moved into a building with all old people does that mean they'd be complaining about the noise or i can do whatever i want because they can't hear me so you're so you're saying that you're not old Definitely not. <laughs> Definitely not. Unfortunately, that's that's where the joke comes in because yeah, I'm the guy going, who's making all that noise at 1030? As opposed to the 30-year-old who's like, he's not even hearing the noise because he's not home at 1030. Oh, whippersnappers. 
Yeah, yeah, which brings up, you know, which brings up the potential solution of earplugs. A lot of people use earplugs. Some people in my building use earplugs. But I've tried earplugs, and I and I, they work fine. But the problem is, I don't find that's enjoyable to sleep with earplugs. They fall out. You feel them when you roll over. Your your ear is sore the next day from the pressure. If if earplugs is going to be a solution, and theoretically it should be a great one, because you can throw them on anytime you want. Uh, they got to come up with better ones or I don't know, form fitting or that's what we need. We need a service where you can form fit your own earplugs, just like the rock stars do. Then you'd have a very comfortable earplug and you could throw it in whenever you wanted. Well, you know, the problem with earplugs is you can't hear your alarm clock. <laughs> like I just, I, I just sleep until uh, lunch, basically. That's true. And I worry about a bigger issue. How are you going to hear your smoke detector? Let's say there's a fire in the building and the alarms go off. You're lying in bed with your earplugs. Everybody's taking off. You're you're rolling over happy as a clam. Yeah, I'm not sure if I've ever slept through a smoke alarm. <laughs> but I, I can see your point. Now, look, I mean, and then the question is, you know, why do you need to have and or wear earplugs in your own apartment? Right. All the time. I mean, exactly. I mean, so so I think there's Technology has improved. I think that there are a lot of really interesting ways to, to solve this. I mean, okay, let's just say earplugs being the low tech, low cost solution, ground zero, right? Then there is the soundproofing, right? You, you get the, I think there's a company called Quiet Windows, literally, uh, that do window insulation on top of your existing windows. So they do a really good job of preventing external noise from entering your apartment. So if you live on a main thoroughfare, like an avenue, what have you in New York City, you're not hearing all of the beeping and the noises from, from the street. Uh, at the same time, you also can add soundproofing to your ceilings and to your flooring. Uh, those are all, these are getting into the, the pricier uh, arena of, of sound attenuation. And then of course, uh, you can add what they call, I guess, counter noise or anti-noise. White noise. Right. So that that combats noise. So you're containing a lot of that in, in the unit. And so it doesn't resonate and or attenuate outside of your apartment to bother other people. So there's a lot of really interesting solutions. Even architects and developers are coming up with their own concepts uh, around around this. I think there was a uh, there was a, a couple of companies that I saw recently uh, featured in the New York Times that are actually building sound rooms that you can uh, utilize or drop into your offices or drop into your homes that keeps uh, you know the noise contained in, in, in an ultra quiet environment. And it's about time. I always wonder by these architects. Well, my my apartment, there's a vent that goes from the master bathroom to the outside, so you can vent out the bathroom, and it goes right through the master bedroom ceiling. So the noises from the street can also travel through. Why didn't the architect think about that when he was deciding where to put the vent? Why put it through the master bedroom? Why not put it through somewhere else, right? So I, I think to your point, I think ar architects can make a bigger difference if they try to spend more time on the sound issue. Other things that you can do is, you know, add bookshelves, cover your floors with rugs and pads and, and curtains and all that. But but um, you made a point earlier about new construction versus old construction. I wanted to highlight that in some cities like New York City, 
the older buildings actually do have a noise advantage because they're pre-war are very thick construction. The walls in between apartments, the ceilings in between floors are much thicker, are much more sound, uh, much higher, stronger sound barriers than the new or more modern buildings, a lot of which have a lot of glass, for example, which well, is, it was not well, very... You know, good. actually, some do and some don't. I mean, you think about New York City, for example, uh, and then the what they refer to as tenement housing, you know, so the, 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 the housing in the Lower East Side, where those buildings were built just to pack as many people in it as possible. So in fact, the the walls are not really that thick. The floors are not really that thick. And it was really just about a, getting a, a roof over people's head, not really you know, about whether or not you can hear the neighbors and their 10 kids screaming and yelling uh, in the middle of the night. And of course, back then, there were really no noise violations or noise codes that were uh, requirements of developers and builders. So buildings were built without all kinds of stuff. I mean, there's like the pipes, uh, the sound, I mean, all kinds of crazy things in buildings pre-war were just kind of thrown together. I, I think we got lucky to a certain extent with the uh, the lofts and the sort of the repurposing of real estate in New York City from office buildings, to residential buildings, so some concrete buildings, you know, obviously people that live in now are, are more or less better constructed than, than some apartment buildings that were built pre-war. So I think there's a lot of differences, but it, overall, I don't necessarily say, I wouldn't say that is a wholesale benefit to buildings that were built older than buildings that were built in yeah, well, I, I guess it depends on the building. That's a good point. And 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 to be to be sure, for the right amount of money, you can minimize any issue, right? And right. you can spend for you can spend on more expensive construction materials, double pane windows, insulated walls. You can buy a corner unit that's away from the elevator and the garbage chute, which are other types of noise. You know, you can buy buy where there's only one apartment per floor where the elevator opens onto your foyer, so there's no noise of someone else is coming or going from their apartment. You know, at, at two in the morning when a party's letting up next door and they're all coming and going and talking in front of the elevator, you can avoid all that if there's only one foyer per floor. If but you the problem have that choice. Is, yeah, but the problem is most people don't have don't have the the wherewithal to be able to do that. So so then what you know so so what what, solu what solutions are there kind of longer term more broad you know. So one of the things I think of is I, when you think about architects and 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 builders construction. I never hear anybody talk about sound engineers. And I wonder if it would make sense to get sound engineers more involved in the planning of a building and how it was going to be built and the materials and the construction, because that is their expertise. And, you know, it's like anything else. We, we once had uh, we had a woman on talking about uh, uh, living with disabilities. And it was so interesting how it was like a dollar or 50 cents. The, the cost to chain make the door big enough for a wheelchair when you're pre-construction, but it was like, you know, $300 to do it post-construction or $1,000. And so the whole point is if you can catch these issues at the beginning in the pre-construction phase, you can potentially plan for them at a not too expensive a price. Right. And that's really the difference between, between having a, an apartment and then having a home, right? I think it's a lot easier to think about these things if you're going to build a home from scratch. <laughs> uh, but if you are a renter, uh, you're coming into a building that's already that's an apartment that's already made. I mean, it's a box or three boxes: a kitchen, a bathroom, a um, bedroom, or whatever. You, you kind of have to take what you get, right? And uh, you're left to your own devices in order to figure out how to live properly. And of course, the sound engineers 
who I assume are part of the code, uh, the, the regulation and the building around sound are probably or most likely managing and or designing and or building to what would be considered an acceptable level. And I think that's where the subjectivity comes in as to, you know, someone, you know, noise for you may be different for me. And I may be used to something that you may not be. And as a result, how do you build to that? So there's got to be some sort of median level of which everyone builds to. And then everyone has to kind of like, you know, you're on your own after that. And I think that's where most people have an issue is that whole gray area where now, you know, one person's, you know, paradise is another person's problem. And I think that's, you know, I think that's the issues of people living on top of each other in a multifamily environment like New York or any major city in the U.S. Yeah. And usually in that situation, if it's a big enough building or there is a management company or there is a board or something where you go when you have issues, you go when you have complaints. And it's very important that they're capable of managing conflict resolution, that they're that they, they're good at bringing the parties together, solving the issue and every and both parties feel like they've won. You know what I mean? As opposed to one, well, too bad for you or too bad for you. You can't make the noise or you're going to have to live with or get earplugs. Right. Um, and, and I think and in that case, you're absolutely right. You're at the whim of the building's tenants and you're at the whim of the management. And you have to with, with you know, in terms in terms of your own actions, you have to try to do the best you can to be respectful and polite, which goes a long way to your neighbors. And what I always say, what I always told people when I was teaching and training on Wall Street is when you have a client, you have to build a personal relationship with the client before something goes wrong because something will go wrong. Something always goes wrong in every relationship. There's always an issue, right? In any relationship. And it's normal. It's the give and take of relationships, right? And, but the pro, but when, uh, and if you have a client and he's upset, you didn't do a good job, that's not the time to try to become friendly with them. You have to already have some kind of relationship, mutual respect, mutual friendship, so that no matter how upset they are, they, they don't, they don't, they're not going to get too personal because they have a personal relationship, right? And it's the same thing with your neighbors. Whenever I meet a new neighbor, the first thing I say after I introduce myself is I say, listen, just so you know, I'm learning how to play the guitar. I'm not very good. I like to practice every once in a while. If there's any issues with noise, if there's any time, please, right away, just let me know and I'll gladly change it. And what I do by there is I show respect. I bring the noise thing up as if I'm, I'm against noise. So I already set the tone and then therefore later, if I have an issue and I have to complain and I go and I ask a question, it's not like I, it's the first time the guy hears from me. He, he at least knows that I'm trying to be cognizant of his, and you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, but I mean, I think all you're doing there is you're just buying yourself a little bit of time, right? I no, mean, I'm building yeah, a relationship I, I, that, that, no. so that the blow up is minimized so I don't have to leave the building like right, well, but, some but people. The, right, but, but, but really, but you're buying time, right? I mean, let's just say, you know, okay, you're just starting, hypothetically speaking, you're just starting to play. What's money uh, again? <laughs> you're just starting to play uh, the guitar and you have that conversation. It's all good. You know, everything, everyone's fine. Everyone's happy. Then you got to start getting better at the guitar and then you start playing more. And then you start bringing your friends over and everyone's playing guitar. Now the noise is a little bit different, right? And now you go back to your neighbor and you're like, yeah, you know, look, you know, hey, buddy, how you doing? And they're like, well, you know, look, I, I have this issue um, with, with the guitar. When you first started, it was great. Now it's not. So can you stop playing? <laughs> you yeah, you see, th that's exactly when you have to have a, when you have a relationship. No, he would so, never I, say I, that I, if we're friends, if we're nice neighbors, I, if we're I, saying I, hi all the time. No look, one's going to talk like that. Right, but no, but see, but that's that's how you talk, right? I mean, you literally someone who had a, 
who's okay with the issue in year one, year two, year three. Now, once again, you've just gotten better at guitar playing. You play more. Year four, year five, year six is different. So you may, once again, you may have bought yourself some time and some leeway in the first three years or whatever, a couple of years, but later on, it may be a different story. And then things get crazy. Now, of course, you're not going to stop playing guitar because you're now you're good at it. And you're not going to want to stop um, uh, inviting your friends over because now that's your life. And so now this guy has an issue with what your life has become because the noise to him is now unbearable. But to you, it's like bliss, right? It's like, it's a product of your achievement over the past three years. So what I, what I'm getting at is that, is that other people now have a point of view or right in some ways to judge you based on your life and your lifestyle. And of course, noise is the, the product the, the sort of the, 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 the baby of it, right? It's like the, it's the, it's the product that your life produces is noise and all the things that come with it, but other people now can judge you and, 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 and have issues with you based on that. So I think that it really gets personal. And for, for, for this purpose, I would be pissed. I'd be super upset if someone told me what I can and cannot do in my life because of the noise. And that's just, it's, as far as I'm concerned, yeah, but, but you, 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 I agree. But you're, I, I, I get your point. But you're, you're just using two extreme situations. First of all, I think if you're playing guitar, and because I'm better, I'm now playing at 11:30 at night. I can see why that would be an issue, right? The fact that I'm playing better doesn't mean I'm playing longer. But even if I am playing longer, I think a, I should be cognizant of when I'm playing, so that I'm playing in times that. Normal, I, 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 but I'm using that as an example. Right. I mean, right. And, be, and, and on the other hand, if that if that if that guy is going to be so judgmental that, that I can't play guitar at any time and I can't have anybody over, even if I'm cognizant about the noise and everything, and it's within normal limits, etc., then that's when a, a, the management team or someone's going to have to step in and make a decision because that, on the one hand, you want to have your life to have your freedom within the respect of within a range of respect for your neighbors. If the neighbor isn't also going to respect the freedoms of other people like you're trying to, then of course you're going to have a problem. Right. But so, that's, that's, that's the gray area. Right. And I think that, I mean, obviously I, the guitar example was an extreme example. I mean, I could list a hundred, right. I mean, there's some apartments I'm sure you've probably in your life have been in a part where you could hear the other person snoring in the, in the apartment next door to you. And you know, that's a, that's a, that's a biological problem. I never had that problem. You had yeah. that problem. You could literally hear the snoring next door. Yeah, you can hear snoring. You can hear people. I'd like having, to be sleeping with that person. <laughs> you can hear people having sex. And so it's like, it's like, it's like saying, Hey, look, you know, don't have sex uh, at, at night. <laughs> How can you tell people not to do that? And I think, you know, and then it's, of course, then it's up to that person then to decide, well, whether Ball gag? I, I, I don't mean, know. <laughs> and to decide whether or not they should, you know, um, you know, get their bedroom soundproof, which costs money. I think everyone is like, well, it's on you to handle that problem because we have a problem with it. So you got to pay for it. So there's, there's all different ways where we find that there's, there's, there's issues that get created where it's like, Hey, look, shouldn't we all put in some money into a pool that people can access when they need to for purposes of improving the sound issues? or solving for sound issues in an apartment building. Like, I feel like a lot of the responsibility of, of, of solving set noise problems are up to the person that's causing the noise as opposed to the person that has issues with it, right? So I think, I feel like it's, it's upside down in terms of the responsibility of the person to, who cures the problem. You think the person who hears the noise is the person who 
is at fault, not the person committing the noise? Well, no, I, I'm not saying the fault, but I, I'm just throwing this out there. The person that has issues with the noise should perhaps be the one responsible for solving it. Right. I mean, like I'm living and I'm doing what I do playing the guitar, but you have an issue with the guitar. Is it my problem to stop playing the guitar to 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 pay for soundproofing in my apartment or should you pay for soundproofing in your apartment so you don't hear it? And and what is your solution to that? The (laughs) person. The solution. The person hearing the noise should soundproof should, their own apartment. You should correct. be able to play guitar twenty-four hours a day whenever no, you want no, as loud no, as you want. Once, once again, once again, you're 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 inflating the issue a bit. But I, what I'm saying, but that is the issue. If you're playing at three o'clock in the afternoon and the guy's complaining of the noise, that might be that might that really might be his issue. Once again, once again, the guitar is only an example. Another example is having sex at eleven o'clock at night. Right or twelve o'clock and then or one o'clock in the morning. There's no, there, there's nothing in a bylaw or a lease agreement that says you can't do that. Right? I know that it says, oh, no loud music playing at eleven o'clock or whatever, but no one's saying, hey, you can't have sex uh, after a certain period of time. Point being is that it shouldn't matter. Right? It shouldn't matter at all because once again, your noise issue may not be my noise issue. And so I may have a no, no issues with you playing the guitar, but some, if someone does, then they should be the one to cure their own problem with it as opposed to the person that's creating it. I would disagree. I would say it depends on the situation. I would say there's usually a middle ground. I would say that I think most, if you, as you mentioned that, that, that bylaws and that leases give you a, a a, a quiet, uh, um, you have a right to a quiet environment. Enjoyment. Quiet, quiet enjoyment, right? Um, <clears throat> but I do think it's all relative to to what is being done. Is 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 the noise being created? Is that what would be considered normal noise? Is the noise being created noise that's really that really is uh, you know above and beyond what a normal person should generate in noise? And I think then you need you know an arbitrator. Or, is that the right word, arbitrator? Like or the management or somebody to come together and hopefully come to a solution. And hopefully, and you're right, there are situations that are very tricky. You can't tell somebody the woman not to moan in bed at two in the morning when the husband is giving her pleasure. Um, but again, if she's screaming at the top of her lungs every night that you know that's so i think that that's why it's good to have if you're like like any environment where you're part of a group it's good to have an or somebody who's in charge of you know laying the law yeah no i i i can agree to that in spirit but i think that's where the problem lies right i think i think everyone knows that you can go to a court of law and try to get something solved um, that you can go to your board and association to get something resolved but we now know, I mean, clearly 5.2 million calls later, uh, that that is not a solution. <laughs> and so I think that by forcing and putting the responsibility on the other person, I think ultimately is a challenge. So, so, I'm, so what I'm proposing is a radical um, solution but it's also a new one. It's one that hasn't really been been executed. I've been in the situation where I'm the one making the noise and it's all my problem. 
And the guy who lives below me has an issue with me walking. The guy above me has an issue with my with with my sound on my television. The guy on the left of me has issues with me with my with my pots and pans. The guy on the right of me has issues with um you know with uh, with whatever. Point being is I have four different problems I got to solve for. It's kind of ridiculous. And I think the I point even, is you shouldn't be walking around in high heels in your apartment. I sh well I shouldn't be living there. Basically is the point. I and, think that's what ended up happening. <laughs> <laughs> So that was the end result. <laughs> right. But, you know, and, and the thing about it is, it's like, okay, well, good luck on the next person that moves into this apartment. And of course, then there goes the bias, right? It's like, okay, well, I'm going to make sure that there's a, I get a little old lady that moves in here. Um, so that, so we'll be, we'll be good. Uh, but I think that, you know, to a certain extent, maybe just maybe if the other, if you have an issue, you fix it. Right. I mean, you solve for your own problem and not trying to put the put the ownership on the other person to solve it. I think you you did solve a lot of issues. I think there'd be less litigation. I think everyone will be a lot happier if we learned to solve our own stuff. Or perhaps noise would be completely out of control. We don't really know what the end game of that experiment is. Correct. But just just to be clear, you wouldn't move into my building without telling me, would you? <laughs> Well, you would know it if I did. <laughs> <laughs> I'll know if you're home. <laughs> well, clearly this is a big issue uh, for anybody who's uh, living uh, uh, amongst others in an uh, apartment environment or even in a home environment that has some noise issues in the neighborhood. And uh, and as you've heard today, uh, there are many, uh, uh, many potential solutions and many ways to look at the issue. But hopefully, our listeners won't ever get in a situation where it's such a bad environment uh, because of noise where they're living that they have to either solve it aggressively or move. There are many solutions to solving noise problems in buildings, and hopefully we will have better ones in the near future with technology, with new building materials, and hopefully people can live better lives in multifamily buildings in urban cities. So I'm hoping for a brighter and hopefully quieter future. Me too. Thanks, everybody. See you next week. Yeah. You've been listening to The Real Estate Podcast. Give us a quick review and rating on iTunes. Check out our website at therealestate.co and let us know if there are any new topics you'd like to hear us address. We love hearing your feedback. See you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.